0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com/slash host.
2: Oh my God, they're only doing sex in the city
1: again. This truly is the worst idea
2: of all time. Hello and welcome. To episode seven of our watch along series of the Sex and the City reboot. And just like that, episode seven is called Sex and the Widow, a delightful play on words on the original title of the show. I am Guy Montgomery. I am sat next to Tim Bass. Hi, everybody. (laughs) And we are joined by special guest, Self-Proclaimed Miranda. (laughs) Self-proclaimed so <laughs> Miranda, news to me <laughs> Do you know, I've always thought of myself as a bit of a Miranda <laughs> Really? Since we watched the movies Chris I've, Parker
1: Hi everyone, I've actually considered myself more of a Carrie Oh, recently In the sense recently. that I identify with having a lead character yes. complex yes, of in my course. own life
2: Well, it's not a complex, in your own life, Chris, you, are the, lead you car- are the lead character And
1: a Carrie would say that
2: Yes <laughs>
3: She, Carrie would identify would, it out loud to everybody without acknowledging that other people were the Star of And Miro the masses and would
2: read it, and they'd think, she's right, Carrie is the main character. It's an honour
1: to be here. Can I just say that first and foremost? I watched the episode. I, watching this series has been the highlight of the end of my last year and the beginning of this year. Every day, every week when it drops on a Thursday, I get a flutter in my heart. <laughs> Truly. Truly. I can say without... A slither of like irony. I'm truly loving the series. And was that the case from the start? Like from episode
3: one?: Yeah. Harry I, guess Kark- I mean sorry, big car on a peloton, and you're like, "I'm in.: I'm I was here weeping for it.
1: I was weeping by episode two. And so many people hate it. So many people hate it, and I I just love what it is. Mm. It's like a big bag of sour cream and chives chips or something. You know, you just, like, it's too much. Yeah. But it's just so revoltingly good. And I love it. And, you know, by the end of the hour, your tongue's burnt off. You know, all the mm. artificial flavours taken over. But I'm loving it.
2: You are, you are who the show is for. You're <laughs> yeah. engaging with it exactly how they'd hope.
1: Yeah, because I'm sick of... Critiquing things mm. on a level that they don't deserve to be
2: critiqued, but they're not on. Yes, asking yes. to be criticized exactly.
1: On. I'm like, they know exactly what they're giving us, which is a pile of shit, and they're giving and it's so good. I
2: okay, Chris, I don't think that they think they're giving us a pile <gasps> well, of shit. Well, no, I, mm. like mm. there's levels,
1: there's levels to
3: it, were, and I think on one level, you're absolutely right. I think Mattress Parklet King and HBO are fully aware of what they're doing here, and it's but bit like. How do you measure success for a project like this? Is it purely money? Probably, right? I think if we're talking about it, they're happy. Yeah. 100%. People are watching this. I haven't seen stats. This is just a vibration I'm picking up in the world. People are watching the show. People are consuming it. People, people, and they're still on board. And I'm on board. Can I say that about this episode? That's new. I'm uh, now very on board.
2: I feel like you've been dragging your heels through this entire season. I know, I know.
1: It's a pleasure to be able to do this podcast as well in terms of the fact that we, one, didn't have to watch straight porn together, yes. and two, just the kind of buoyancy that you both have, knowing that you're watching a fresh ep. You oh, know, like,
2: oh, I love so it. good. Yeah, yeah. It, the the feeling I've had this season is one of release. It's one of joy and jubilation. And um I've been like traveling down there and just like that rabbit hole with more caution, I would say, than you, who's thrown themselves into it with pure <laughs> pleasure, who? with reckless abandon. Yeah. But I have um, come to enjoy the show, I think, and you almost wait until I feel you like see the original series. Almost, <laughs> I, I I don't believe that's canon. I almost, <laughs> um, interestingly, I feel like I was treating it with a real gravitas in more recent episodes, like the last two. I've I've really been like, you know, engaging with it as uh, in a way that you've been criticising, which is like on a level which is higher than the show's asking for. And in this episode, I thought this is really silly. This is a really fucking silly show <laughs> and it was a joy to watch it with that top of mind yeah i like to go
1: i like to sort of this is how i watch it i like to pop my laptop up lie on my bed i'm sort of like in fetal position you know there's a bag of chips or something to drink at the same time and i sort of go on my phone at the same you, time I, okay. I pay little to no attention and then i sort of the, it's, the story washes over me and yeah. every now and then i pause when certain characters are speaking because it gets too much for me. And then I'll play again after a few moments of just like letting it sink in. And then um, I'll go like, oh, nice clothes. Oh, what a weird shirt. Oh, odd bag. Yeah. I like that lamp. And that's kind of it. That's my experience. Can can
3: I just ask as well, when you say a character gets too much for you and that's when you have to pause, is, is it like, um, Smugness of dialogue. Is it too melodramatic a moment? it is, uh, Or are you like f- so on board that things are... Because this, this has some real melodramatic elements and sad stuff happens and big things happen and are you so
1: taken in with the emotion that you need to just rest with it for a bit? No. <laughs> There's That's one cool. character in particular. I'm sure we all know who the character is and I am worried about publicly declaring my l- hatred of <laughs> Shay Diaz. Mm -hmm. Only for this reason. I feel like Shay Diaz has been put in this show purposefully as a way, as a tool, a weapon by the creators of the show to be like, oh, I get it. Sorry. Sex in the City was cancelled because it was problematic. We will give you the most woke, like, sort of morally right character we can, and we are going to make you hate them. As a way for us to be like challenged by our own values, to be like, get rid of all this kind of like virtue signaling. We just want trash characters. And they're like, see, we knew it. You know, like, it's like they're playing us at our own game. And I feel like the only way that we can truly get rid of Shea Diaz is by liking them.
3: This is some five-dimensional chess being played by the producers of <laughs> yeah. and just like that. Don't you think? I do. And you have articulated it far better, something that I tried to voice in an earlier episode, which is like, you know, what is the, um, what's on the, the dartboard of like things that we need to keep Twitter happy with? And we'll put it all into one character quite haphazardly um, and and they'll just sort of like permeate the show. But I have actually, you know, I've I've grown to really like,
1: Shay. Um Same. I can't, I can't stand Shay. I love <laughs> Shay and I love their comedy.
2: You feel attacked by their comedy. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think I'm wanting it guy. The, yeah, they uh the reason that I take huge issue with Shay is that Shay is built as this incredible world changing comedian and I can't Do you know what it is? It's this. It's that the things that, so the opposite to
3: love is not hate, it is indifference. And the reason why you hate this character is because they are so close <laughs> to the thing that you love and you do, and your heroes are in this art form doing it in a such similar way but it is just different enough for you, the, the, the portrayal of stand-up comedy in the show through the vehicle of Shay, that it, it has fallen into an uncanny valley for you and you are revolted by how close but not quite
2: right it is. I think there's, there's, there's truth in there. I just, I, I cannot stand the reverence with which everyone treats what is objectively a bad a bad comic. Shay's, pod, Shay's pretty good on the podcast. I'll give, I'll give them that x y and me is not a podcast i would listen to but as a host that's well produced what yeah it's well produced, what they the, the dynamic with man. The, yeah the, the, the are dynamic with bobby yeah. lee what they try to get out of carrie i'm all for that <laughs> but also that they are morally questionable their treatment of miranda even though Miranda's asking for way more from shay than is reasonable or what shay will give yes is uh it's, it's,
3: Miranda and, is not treated with any tenderness or
2: care, I would say, by Shay. No, and on a journey that's quite fraught for her at but, the moment. You know, this, this is this is every relationship in the world. Is what what business Strict. of it is Shay? Shay is just trying to suck and
3: fuck whoever they like. And I guess that's kind of what I like about the character. Is and they do they say explicitly in this episode, like, say what you want. That's a turn on. And I kind of like I like that attitude of just, hey, you can't be worried about everyone all the time. Everyone's got to kind of like stand on their feet a little bit. You go ahead, Chris. Well, no, and then I have like, a
2: very important point to make about also, I think, why I don't like Shay. No, go, go, go. You go. Another reason I don't like Shay is because they are trampling on the people's prince that is Steve. They have like reduced one of the great characters in my experience of Sex in the City to, as you aptly put while we watch this episode, Tim, Mr. Magoo. <laughs> they have removed all of his agency and just made him this aged. Stupid fuck! Who like was? I feel like I've watched Steve have sex, and the man knows how he's it a fucking Steve is so
1: hot, and he's kept so well. Yeah, like he is. Damn, he's so hot in the series, and he is like a buffoon. He's like ninety years old, <laughs> completely deaf, can't work his way around a market that he's been to every week.
2: Or his whole life living in New York. He's lost all of his self-confidence. He's asking for permission to put lids on food containers in his own kitchen to put in the fridge.
3: This guy ran a bar. He's a small business owner. He's been in the rough and tumble of the New York City economy. He was the
2: mayor of New York City.
1: (laughs) What happened to him? What happened to that marriage? It's so sad because I feel like the takeaway of Sex in the City, and Just Like That, sorry, is like you're never going to end up happy. Well, it's Charlotte kind of where is,
3: we're at. Charlotte is the happily ever after, which I think is kind of apt because that's
1: always what she was gunning for, right? She's the most delusional. And she's the most <laughs> who's out of control. And she's the one whose life I would be the most scared to live. Well,
2: there's a, there's a, it's interesting because there's a direct, like, I agree that Charlotte is the most delusional character, which marries perfectly to the fact that Charlotte is the most controlling in terms of trying to, you know, control how she's perceived and how other people around her represent her. And if that's how you're going to live your life, is exclusively through the lens of how other people are looking at you, of course you're going to be fucking delusional because mm-hmm. you're not doing anything on your own terms. Every decision she makes is based on what people think of it. I can't believe she ran an art gallery. <laughs> like, I can't believe it is
1: the same woman. Yeah, who's like playing tennis with her husband and kind of getting in a strop is this and like kind of delivering this very sort of first way like sort of mansplaining Instagram infographic lesson to her husband. I is the same woman that ran an art gallery that was like all about
2: empowering like female sexuality before we pile on her too hard she did have the best line and (laughs) line read of the entire episode which she said i will not apologize for playing good tennis you are driving me fucking crazy yeah (laughs) it was awesome (laughs) that was sick
1: it was so good (laughs) this is where i like this is where i'm like if i was looking at this show beyond it being a pile of steaming shit the part of me that's like this could be amazing is this Show that looks at life with your friends in your 50s. Like, that's heaven yeah. to me. I'm s- desperate to see that. I'm desperate to watch a show about, like, when you get to a certain point and your friend dies of just old age and what that means to you. Yeah. But it's like none of them have let the death of Big affect them. They're all just... What kind Big- of the- uh, Carrie,
3: you're right. Apart from Carrie, like it's not acknowledged by anyone else that it's happened,
1: and we only know it because she's always like, "My husband died." She's about always using it times. to one
3: up someone. It's it's never like oh, I'm having a low yeah. day today or anything like that. It's always someone will say something going wrong in their life, and she's like, "Well, I'm a widow, so I win." Yeah, like she literally says, "I still win." Is, to at, Charlotte, at one at, point, at, at
1: every turn, it's. <laughs> and the weird thing is, Miranda and her are having a discussion, this conversation, this episode about. Miranda's sex life yeah. and about how it's sort of dead and it needs to be resuscitated. And there's a slight part of me that's wondering like, would you feel uncomfortable having this conversation with your friend whose husband has just, mm. well, not just died, but died that year? To be using terminology, be like, he's non, my sex life is non responsive. It's
2: like, it feels, but, that's, yeah. that's all beautifully constructed for Carrie to say, well, my sex life actually is dead. But as in, <laughs> my husband is
1: dead. He's buried in a coffin under the ground.
3: What I on to in this episode, which my, I don't know, maybe I like, maybe I said this when we were doing the movies or something, but every character is written with the same voice and then just one cartoonish element changed. Like they went back to the thing of making Rankle just like have, <laughs> not a whole lot of lines in this episode, but half of them reference the fact that he's his Jewish. Fi- yeah, his first line is "Hi, I'm
2: Jewish." <laughs> yeah,
3: it's like he's <laughs> making some toast, and Charlotte's like, "Do you get hungry?" He's like, "Yeah, I found like some nosh." It's like, okay, I just okay, it's cool, cool, cool. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's they are all yeah. It's I mean this this episode it felt more fun and frivolous because the pacing was totally different. The first half of it, they crammed mold, like so many different story dynamics. And this is something Olivia observed in our last episode, which is that there is inconsistency in like how stories are treated. And the timeline is very confusing. Like When yeah. you are talking about when Big died, relative to this episode, when do you think Big did die? Okay, so I need to sort of think about
1: this a little bit because she had a sore hip. Yes. Then she... Heels from the hip And we saw her in her heels And that took a while That took three months That did take three months And then This episode began with What felt like Ten years passing In a window We saw every season Um,
2: I think we just Critically we
1: saw Autumn winter Yeah we saw Beginning of spring That's right And the song
2: said Spring has come Exactly Because if you can't pick up On the cues They'll tell you
1: I'm going to say six months Since Big died Mm -hmm. Roughly which is honestly not a long time <laughs> since the love of your life died yeah. on a bike.
3: <laughs> yeah, you'd be a mess. You'd still be a mess after six I think months. It's, I think your if... friends would at least like you know acknowledge it out loud to you that it's happened. It's got to be longer than six months. I've just got to put a stake in the ground for something you said earlier, Chris. I was, I was. It's sort of one of those things where it's like, I know what you guys are doing, but you still got me anyway. I was fully with Charlotte of that spiel that she gave Harry. About oh. the fact that he, like, it, it's such, it was such a funny, it was like a Seinfeld turn in the episode where it's like, we're just going to dig our heels into a tiny point and explore it from multiple angles of whether Charlotte being aggressive on the tennis court, presumably at, you know, sort of the, the, the insistence or suggestion of Harry saying, you've got to go for the ball because they both missed a shot. Um, and then she went and took Harry out When she was uh, going for a shot And won the ga- won the match I don't know tennis Yeah she match. did
2: She won the match
3: and uh, But Harry got very hurt Because he got bowled over by it And she didn't say sorry And you know what I'm with Charlotte on this one Women are always having to apologise
1: it's, it's a cool zone I'm on they Charlotte's side I just think the way it was phrased Like the articulation of that, that The mansplain speech Was like she's she, she did that speech 10 years ago. I'm so surprised that she's delivering it now. And like the yeah. way she's blindly navigating her child's uh, gender exp- exploration is like so clumsy and uncomfortable in a way that I'm like, you're, you live, I mean, this is the big thing. These characters are not written like they've lived in New York their whole lives.
3: Absolutely. This is what I keep coming back to with Miranda putting her foot in her mouth with her black law professor. It's like, <laughs> you, you fucking live in New York. First of all, you live in the year 2020-ish. One, two. Uh, secondly, you're in New York City. What is going on here? Did you hit your head? Something
1: happened in the movies where they became so rich. The women became so rich. You know, they're not that rich. I mean, they're quite rich in the original series. Is Carrie broke in the series because she's a writer? Like,
3: did they sort of play with that at all? Or is she okay?
1: No, she's just like, lives this very chic, bohemian life. It's not, I mean... She's got a small, charming apartment and... You know, she's not moving because she doesn't want to like lose her rent and she, so she spends all her money on designer shoes and she should really rein that back. Okay. That's kind of her energy the whole time. Loves a, loves a cocktail. Okay. Very social, but she's like got, got expendable income. She's a writer. She's but got some you, success you books. Think,
2: you think between the series, which it's, I just cannot emphasize enough, is not canon, <laughs> and, and just like that there was the the assumed wealth or understood wealth of the characters became so great that it means that the show and movies exist in a vacuum of like yes. non-reality. Yes. Just where they actually don't brush up against ordinary hey. civilization or what the world is doing.
1: The movies changed it for all time. Like,
3: the
2: it, money,
1: I, that I guess, was thrown at the series. The timing for me is
3: so hilarious. Because I it was the first movie that came out in 2008. Yes. So, literally, the global financial crisis happened. The markets <laughs> melted down. And America <laughs> gained a class consciousness that it hasn't seen for decades. Of finally recognizing that all of their wealth was going to the very top. And everyone was getting fucking boned. And Mattress Pikelet King was like... I've got an answer for this. We'll make them hyper wealthy and send them around the world to shit on other cultures while wearing really beautiful dresses. And it's like, there is something so full circle awful about that, that it's enjoyable. It is days of our lives. You know, it's like, it is a fool's errand to critically assess a a daytime soap opera. And while this isn't that, it's not a
2: million miles away from the, Energy but of it's one. It, it's more self serious they are successfully or unsuccessfully trying to elevate their standing amongst the world like it's it's still reaching to be some version of prestige television they're
3: still okay what is what is this series trying to be like what's the series that's actually doing it what is the series aspiring to be
2: uh, I think I, I I don't watch enough TV to know what the series is aspiring to be but <laughs> What if this if this show wanted to achieve what it's trying to do, it would have to exist with brand new intellectual property and characters who haven't lived like through the Brady spinoff. The yeah, I mean to see, yeah, see, I would. That's that's what I was thinking. Is uh, in the last episode when Charlotte was talking to Rock and Lily (laughs) in their room, and then uh, they went off to school. I thought it would be great to go to school. Oh, it would be great to go to school with these characters yes, and actually yes. kick around like in the you know the with the group of teenagers who are living beneath this series of completely fucking insane parents, which I guess is like what, a Euphoria or something grounded, Riverdale? almost Gossip Girl, yeah. yeah. But Gossip Girl fell into the same trap that this did, which is like these shows were delightful because they were they existed separate from reality and they didn't bother to try and address any of the gritty. Challenging details of a normal life And Gossip Girl rebooted And tried to become uh, Progressive and they tried to actually Incorporate a lot of stuff that would have been You know uh, Understandable criticism of the original Gossip Girl But the fact that the original Gossip Girl was pure Trash is what made it so good And yeah. the fact that Sex and the City like, Just followed around these four women In their like, self-interested Pursuit of their own lives which is a totally reasonable Way for them to live their life made it good and now when they're trying to like introduce intersectionality in other parts it's when it becomes a bit of a mess what i would love from this show actually is because they're so accountable
1: to their past these characters in a way like they have they existed in a time before social media but we have this record of them and their past behavior that we can actually sort of hold them accountable to who they previously were in a way, that's very, like, common, I think, going to be very common in our lives as well. And as they've gotten older and more successful and married and got kids, they've become really, really wealthier. They're essentially now, they were these amazing, like, you know, publicists and a gallerist and a, a cutting-edge writer. And now they're the Real Housewives of New York. Yeah. And what would be incredible is if there's a moment in the series, this is what they should have done, that they realize they've lost touch. And they're all incredibly wealthy. And then they just try and get back to who they originally were. But not by, you know, woking themselves up, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, but just in a way where they're like, oh, we've absolutely lost touch with who we are.
3: Do you feel like Miranda is sort of doing that in the series? I feel
2: especially was early a, on in the It was the an action point. It was motivation
3: for it, her to do something. Like literally she was
1: going back to school, you know, and all the sort of <laughs> two <laughs> layers of metaphor that that is. I think there was a accountability that Miranda was like, "I need a, that would make that made sense for that character as a lawyer to be like, I actually don't want to just be suing rich people. I want to be like trying to make a difference." I think the the character that is going on the best journey currently is Carrie. I I love that she's doing this massive journey back to original Carrie in a way. Yeah, like there's I got, <laughs> got goosebumps. Good, yeah,
2: you did. I'll bet you did.
1: <laughs> when her... Appealed, and she wore that amazing sparkly dress, and her legs looked incredible. And she was in her heels in her apartment, and it was like she's like she. Was, Do you mean
2: after she did the three month voiceover, she said, and just like that, it was three months later, and I was in heels yes. again. You got goosebumps. I got goosebumps because Incredi- incredible. I wish <laughs> <laughs> because she was in that big white
1: apartment that beaked and you were like, I was afraid that she was gonna. I was genuinely afraid they were gonna move her in there. And she made this choice to kind of go back but to... But you
2: respected that storytelling. Yes. You respected dropping her in Guy, and taking her out. I'm enjoying the series. Yeah, I said great. it
1: right up top. I'm loving it. Well,
2: c- while we're speaking of enjoyment, I do want to say one thing before I forget. Is that this is the first episode. I didn't realize it until you mentioned the word publicist before. I didn't even think of Samantha. Well, it's because this I is the first time they haven't mentioned her.
1: have the opposite feeling. This is the first episode... I missed Samantha.
2: What what situation did you want to see her in? Okay.
1: Critically, they're at this sort of weird fundraising event for the school. And Carrie is reciting the events of her date, which was like the, this incredible double spew moment. That was just like heaven to me. Like such a great choice from the writers just to like, because Carrie... Samantha, do, you I mean, need, see... do you want to give us the full context of that? Because yeah, we yeah, haven't yeah, actually yeah, talked yeah. about what happens in the yet. Okay. All right. Oh, just put me to work. Okay. So... Carrie, three, three months has passed. We saw the seasons change in the window. She writes a full book, which is truly inspiring stuff. And the her book publisher is like, the book is amazing. It's really, really sad. It needs a glimmer of hope. And the book publisher is this amazing woman that, honestly, the performance really rings true to me. Like, I've met these women in my life. Um, she loves caffeine. She loves a cappuccino. She's sort of spiraling in a way that feels almost <laughs> too much. And she's very personable in a way that I feel like you wouldn't want to be friends with her. <laughs> and then, um, so Kara's like, oh, my God, I have to start dating again. And then, weirdly, her new friend, I don't know the character. zema This was a weird bit where Seema's like, oh, well, actually, I've already set you up an online dating platform, which I think really crossed a line in terms of a new friend. If a new friend set me up a dating profile and was catfishing people without me knowing while I'm grieving my dead husband, I would be so mad. But Carrie's like, "Mm -hmm." yeah, like, time to get back on the old horse.
3: Has a moment of being weird about it, and then Seema says, you're doing quite well, and Carrie's like, oh, okay, cool,
1: great, love it. Because she's a narcissist, and I can relate to that. So then she starts dating, and she swipes three times on like old man Tinder, I think, and finds the perfect man,
2: which is- Which is someone who has the word widow in their dating biography. <laughs> it says, whatever his name is, say, so Patrick. Patrick, teacher, widow. Oh. And she thinks, A widow? Do you Good reckon they're
1: on Tinder or do you think they're on like some kind of... Raya. Raya, like high profile. Is it the elite one? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I've, I've...
3: I don't I've know really how the Raya fucking math there.
2: teacher got on Raya. Like, well, Continue.
3: <laughs> I don't know. Why is it a fundraiser later in a tuxedo? But, you know, we don't need to explore all of it. They're all just there.
1: It's
2: New York. <laughs> it's New York, um, it, Everyone's at the same Which events. is the fifth character
1: of the series and not written enough. Anyway, I... So <laughs> it's actually been
2: the fourth since they got rid of Samantha. <laughs>
1: it goes... <laughs> Carrie, Miranda, Charlotte, New York New City. New York
2: Shay. <laughs> no, New York. <laughs> the presence of Samantha Jones on a smartphone. Yes, <laughs> Shay. <Yeah. laughs>
1: and so Carrie goes on this date and they sit down in this restaurant and then she's like, I think we're gonna need another drink. And what 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 they mean by that is quite a few drinks because her and this rich maths teacher get really, really drunk and they exit the um the bar in one of my favourite kind of acting styles Which is laughing upon, <laughs> upon, upon leaving something And you haven't made a choice as an actor As to what you're laughing about But it is fucking hysterical <laughs> And whenever that happens My mind just wanders as to what event played out But I think some sort of guffaw with the wait staff Where he said something inappropriate And they're laughing and they're laughing And then because they're old he starts coughing um, uh, Can I say what I think they're laughing Yes at?
2: please which I think it's more like... Because they're, they're both... Said, both of them acknowledges of their first date since they've been widowed. Yes. And they're both quite nervous and they order some drinks and they start loosening up. I think that there was probably some sort of gallows humour. I think that they're probably joking about their part... That, you know, like, like, who's that. got this? And then she was like, big. And then they were like, oh! Yeah, but yeah. even further, I think they've crossed the Rubicon and they're like, they're really, you know, letting out the darkest thoughts that they've not been comfortable to share with anyone who cannot empathise with their situation. I think these are deep... He, guttural like uh, what's the word the cathartic laughs that
1: they're yeah. having and what an amazing choice from the writers to be like huh we've got our lead character here whose husband has died and she's actually on her first date with a man whose wife has just
2: died and we could write that scene but actually too hard um, yeah. so we just <laughs> to skip to them laughing Well, yeah, because <laughs> it's a brave choice <laughs> they need to include the half an hour argument between Runkle and Charlotte about <laughs> <laughs> whether or not she should apologise
1: but that's just like it's amazing as a writer, you can just make your job that much easier. We're like, isn't it a smarter choice not to write the scene? And you're like, I think it's an easier choice. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, you know, so they exit, the, they exit the bar, they're laughing, it's New York, it's nighttime. And then he starts coughing because he's old. And then he just like... Or and- he
2: could have COVID, COVID exists. COVID exists, <laughs> true. But
1: does it doesn't make you projectile vomit all over your shoes? And then Carrie sort of sees the vomit. And because I rewatched this quite a few times because Carrie makes it sound like she vomited first. Thank you. I didn't know what happened and we should have rewound it too. Because I said out loud, I said, are they both vomiting? He vomits first. And I think Carrie has a reflex where you see someone vomit and then you vomit. But the way they vomit, you'd think they've been poisoned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's yeah. not like a, because when I've vomited from drinking too much, it's like a slow tap being turned on. You know, it's... You know, and out of- have
3: you spewed from bad food before though? Oh, like a gastro, because yeah. th- that is a project that is like your body going, This needs yeah. to exit it. me now. But yeah, and that's is, the kind of vomit was.
2: This is sort of a she alcohol poisoning vomit. It's not a slow, <laughs> you know, churning guttural tap. It's more sort of like <laughs> it's a couple of <laughs> cosmopolitans. You know, yeah, yeah. Out they come. Easy in, easy out. It's an amazing moment. So good. You loved loved it again today. You said, and that's when they won me over. That's what you said. (laughs) (laughs) And just like that, (laughs) I
1: was hooked. And (laughs) I thought it was just such a funny choice and so degrading for for Sarah Jessica Parker. But I love that she was like, I'm on board. Like, I love the double spew. Like, they were just into it. Anyway, so cut to this fundraiser where Carrie's retelling this. I mean, we're all watching it being like, as a writer myself, I was like, well, there's the ending of your book. Like, yeah. 100% is your ending of your book. And then she's like, with her friends, being like, oh, well, the date was a flop.
2: And the book's gone. And the book's gone. <laughs> Don't
1: have an ending to the book. And we're all like, you have the best ending to your book. What are you talking the about? The date
3: clearly wasn't a flop either. They were, heavy, they were getting on famously. <laughs> they walked out
1: of the bar just absolutely falling over each other. And Miranda and Charlotte are like, oh, well... Maybe next time. Like, so. Do you know? And I, that's where I miss Samantha.
2: I empathize mm. with Miranda and Charlotte because they face the challenge of providing the right type of listening for Carrie, who is <laughs> such a difficult person to have a conversation with without her being like, well, this. But know, that's like, where Samantha was the perfect. Yeah, she scene. cuts
1: through. Because she would
2: have gone. So,
1: honey, you it on her shoes. Buy him some new ones. And then, like, we move on, you know? And then
2: Carrie would have got over it. Yeah, but instead the two friends that they have are cowed by the You're, situation. Th-
3: she's doing, Samantha was doing so much work for us as an audience. Because instead of having that great, it's like a moment of conflict because the character of Carrie is quite tightly wound. She's taken this too seriously. She's overthought it. She's turned it into something it's not. Because there's no one to check her on that, we then have to go with her on this overthought. And so now there's like this extended bit of the episode where she's trying to avoid the guy at all costs. This is the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened. I don't get it. Me, Tim Bat. I don't understand. (laughs) You had a great time.
2: You went out for a date. You
3: got so much in common. You spewed. You had a few drinks. Happens to the best of us.
2: Yeah you know, It's also You're under Unique circumstance Where I understand That if You know If it was On a date with Big Or if You know If you were On much more Familiar terrain You might feel As self conscious About it as you Possibly can But you're going On your first date With a fellow widower You overdid it Big whoop Yes You both spew And just
1: like I mean It's the best ending It's great It's incredible It's amazing But instead we get (sighs) What's their gay friend called Anthony Anthony
2: being like, I shit my pants. <laughs> <That's what laughs> I fill my pants with chocolate chip cookies. Like he's so. <laughs> I I have nightmares about having to have a like somehow getting caught at a dinner party next to Anthony oh my, and having. I would love like, it. I would two love hours it. of conversation. Oh my god, I
3: would love to hang out with him. I feel tired as a gay man.
2: I cannot stand
1: him. <laughs> I cannot stand him, and it's so like it's so gutting. It's so gutting that his that oh my god, I've got the other gay man's. Stanford. Stanford Stanford, Like that poor actor Who passed away And to be kind of Just for his character To be so Dragged through the mud In this yeah. way That he's gone and Chased a TikTok it's star Insane Meanwhile Big Is like heroic. I'm just like Oh my god I know god. They it's couldn't so have Got bad. it more wrong They couldn't have Got it more wrong Talk about opposites day
2: <laughs> Justice for Willie Garson No I won't talk about oh, You have to No I'm doing it because I so oh, exactly. yeah. We're having fun <laughs> I I also thought, you know, while we are sort of reflecting on the entirety of the episode, the subplot Carrie's obviously always driving the story, but what they had around it was the the nexus of Charlotte and Runkle's argument was basically everyone argues. Yeah. Yeah. You know? there was the whole yeah, they, thing. Would... they introduced tennis, they introduced this whole thing and yeah. then at the end of it. It
3: didn't amount to much. They got um embarrassed because their argument spilled onto the street very loudly and they were caught out
2: by is that naya no is, no no that is uh Naya's the law professor it's lisa todd wexley lisa and her husband uh, herbert wexley
3: herbert lisa and herbert so so this is the couple that Mar- uh, that charlotte is trying to impress throughout this series this is the new friend um what does she do is she lawyer as well She's something she's on very the board like powerful. School. Yeah, she's and she's, she, a, but she's woman. a Real Housewife of New York. There's They're talk, all Real Housewives of New there's York. Talk yeah. about her pursuing a political career later. Like she's she's a mover and a shaker. She's a networker. She's very powerful. She's well to do. She's lovely, um, by and large. And so for Charlotte to publicly explode at Harry and tell him that he, <laughs> she's going fucking me fucking crazy. crazy. Yeah, in front of accidentally in front of them is devastating so then the coder to that is at the um fundraiser they walk through a corridor looking for a toilet and then the tables turn that's right the friend couple are arguing
2: yeah herbert and lisa are hosting the auction lisa's got awful mic technique and it's driving each other crazy and shay opens their set they're doing a set at this fundraiser by saying uh, i'll use this one seeing as she isn't peals of laughter It would
3: kill after that, like, you know, auction tanking. (laughs) Justice for Shay. You really don't like them, eh?
2: Yeah. (laughs) But (laughs) to be fair, they did fuel the more interesting subplot of the episode, which is Miranda's journey, which has been, Miranda's been given a very meaty season. Yeah. Between the return to law school, the alcoholism. Her son fucking. Her son being a fuck machine and the discovery of her sexuality.
1: Her husband going deaf.
2: Her husband going deaf. Her is, husband is
1: treated die <laughs> with Benjamin Button disease. Yeah,
2: her husband is being treated as like a a, a comedy sort of like a, a caricature. Her, her so husband is a caricature so of the Steve. That no, he's got he's Jack just disease. He's just aging.
1: <laughs> he's getting so he's old, so fast. Aging yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the scene where she gets Steve to finger her, and that was. Like that was the moment I really turned on Miranda. I was like, "That is so mean." It, it was so mean to Steve. It just felt so mean. It was
3: mean. It was, but she's she's kind of it's wrapped in this layer of she's trying to do anything she can to sort of
2: I
1: know reinvigorate it, it, her it,
2: marriage. I think and save it.
3: But
1: she's also cheating on him. It was. Yes, do you know what though? Undeniably true.
2: <laughs> it was a good. It was hard to watch, which means it was a good scene. Yeah. yeah. It was a really, really. What like, was that
3: movie? Marriage Story
0: yeah so yeah it's marriage, yeah. marriage story marriage They're, story
2: it was like that level of awkwardness
3: well it was not quite yeah, that yeah. level of acting or writing but it was like a well played out scene of you stay in the fucking pits yeah. of awkwardness with them Ugh. after the the moment the ass has fallen out of the moment so steve tries to finger it it's not going well and then we stay in the kitchen with them putting away food And it's like Oh
1: get me out of this house My hope is that one day I come as hard as Miranda came When Shea Fingered her mm. That's my hope I wish you that For
2: <laughs> my, 2022 you know, My hope is that Steve Comes that hard. I hope. I hope that by episode 10 they put Steve in a rest home And we get to watch Someone him just, his prostate, He just he's... goes from room to room Just <laughs> fucking the ever loving daylights Of whoever's on their daybed <laughs>
3: What if um what if Stephen Carey goes? Dying together? of old
1: age next week. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't, one, <laughs> one last big come, and then he goes. Yeah,
2: that's how the season should finish with Steve having the biggest come of his life and dying. Like Steve came and died. Came, came and, and went. went. <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> oh Lord. God uh, I love the I wish I had the confidence of Shay doing stand up. I think it was well not having done stand up in a while because of the pandemic whenever i see shay performing i get really insecure because i'm like they have so much confidence out there with no material very
2: do you know what it's very it's very american would you do it is very america Mm. is home to the best like the best comedians in the world are nearly always american and then you're both very confident performers the the drop off from that to like the number of bad comedians who deliver with a level of confidence and salesmanship that sort of can brainwash an audience of people into thinking they're watching comedy is staggering, and Shay represents that perfectly. We all have confidence out there, but none of us have the confidence to walk out at a corporate gig and say, hey, I usually do
1: about a 40-minute set, but they asked me to keep it clean, so I'm just going to do three. You know, I just, just would never do 40 minutes. I've of 40 seen a,
2: I feel like I've seen those. I roll my eyes at those comedians in real life. I'm gonna. I'll, I am going to i have you, issues
1: with Shay. I'll pay you ten dollars to say that at your next gig. You. This is like.
2: I, I, I will.
3: <laughs> if you, the next gig we do together. <laughs> this is an
1: internalized hatred of
3: of commit This is like a self-effacing phenomenon for you. Your hatred of
1: Shay. No, it's, I, it's I hate Shay just as much. Do I'm you? telling you, the only way that you... but it, but it's,
3: yours isn't centered around the. the comedy aspect as much I feel
1: no it's all uh, no it is the stand up show was so bad the special is the worst thing but I wish I could see the whole
2: thing and then there are are these fawning characters at the thing saying I've watched your special ten times and my husband said what's happening to you do you reckon
1: Hannah Gadsby's watching it just being like that better not be about (laughs) it is if that's about me I'm gonna be so fucking pissed off (laughs) Mattress (laughs) <laughs> Mattress Pikelet
3: <laughs> King watched Nanette and was like, "I know who needs to be just texting Sarah Jessica Parker." Being
1: like, "Hey, that's not about me, is it?" <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh.
0: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional
1: your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs.
0: LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
2: Uh,
3: so, in this season, we've been doing favourite character, least favourite character for every episode. Um, Got him. Yeah, great. Then, Chris, please start us off. Favourite
1: character, Carrie Bradshaw. <laughs> awesome. Always will be. I love her apartment. I love her lamps. I love her style. I love her in her widow era. I think she has just aged so beautifully. I think she's, I honestly think Sarah Jessica Parker is giving an incredible performance. I think she lights up the screen. That's why we watch the series. She's so good. Least favorite character. There is an argument between Miranda's professor and her pa- and her partner yeah. about the um, about how they can't have a baby, and they almost run a red light, and they put their foot on the brakes, and a gay couple with a toddler in a pram freak out, and that gay man is my least favorite character of the entire Sex <laughs> in the City.
2: Franchise. You couldn't have picked a better person because I think that scene happened before you arrived for your. So maybe us. I'll
3: go next. Yeah. Favorite character, same guy.
1: No. no. Yes. That's homophobic. No, it isn't. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. I watched it being. I literally watched that moment and was like, do they hate gay men? Uh, Do they know all, who yes. watches the
3: series? First of all yes, and it's it's so strange that Mattress Pikelet King does hate gay men is secondly that the creator of the series uh, so mattress he, Pikelet King sorry, that is how we refer to a man who is also known as uh, uh, Michael Patrick King, who uh, wrote yes. most of the TV show um and the two movies and a lot but not all of the series, okay. but I think he's been like you know script supervising for everyone um. I'm using that term wrong. I know that it's a specific thing and different to what you think, but whatever, you know, you or whatever, get what I'm saying. Yeah. Um. So that guy, because I saw a man as a dad, as a new dad with a <laughs> with a baby and a pram, I'm like, if I almost got hit by someone, I would want contrition from that driver. He, he didn't hit. He he. But it was. Cl- I would be so like pumped he did up not. with with uh you know.
2: What's it called? Well, protect it. you'd want to protect your... Like
3: your chemicals. What is it called? Adrenaline. Get, yeah, adrenaline. I'd be rapping on that window being like, but what the fuck,
2: man? She he, he did, on the road. He didn't give her an opportunity to be contrite. He sort of, di- he sort of did. No. And they, they pushed back immediately. They apologized, and then he kept yelling
3: harder again. It wasn't a big apology. He's my favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> I love
2: it. You boys have been getting on so well this episode. And... <laughs> and-
1: you have to admit he overreacted slightly. Uh, ye yeah, yes, 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 yes. Of course, but uh, there, is, there is so little representation of gay men living in New York and and, and just like that. And we have Anthony who runs a
2: naked hot, catering hot fellas. hot fellas. Anthony who's given like an, a subplot of he Anthony in this episode is like I've got a new a rule: no waiters or caters. When he talks about how there's no hotties for him to. Have sex with it, the thing. And then like later on, this whole gag is he says, Must have happened when I got a hand job from that cater waiter in the bathroom. Oh, what the fuck? I missed that. You're right. We had Stanford, who ran off to
1: manage a TikTok star. In Japan. And then the other gay man we had was that father. <laughs> Has that really It was like, I have a toddler. <gasps> I have a toddler like oh my just oh my god. No, a wasp. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I look, full disclosure, I absolutely can't remember and I say this every episode, I can't remember who I've picked for my favorite character previously. Um but this time I'm going to go with Charlotte. Your least favorite. No, my favorite. Oh no, oh no, I want the least favorite, aren't I? Yeah, I've done my favorite. Least favorite, I'm going to go with Rankle because he um got in that awkward zone in the argument of like not putting his boundaries down enough to be like, no, you know what? You're actually in the wrong here. So he was just like in an annoying space of sort of like half-heartedly demanding an apology for a long time, making the decision to A, not get over it, which is very valid. Even if you think you're right, you're in a marriage, you've got a family, sometimes you take the hit. Or stand your ground. He kind of did the middle thing where it's like,
2: I'll just keep bringing it up.
3: It's like, in a light hearted
2: way But I seriously want an apology So annoying
3: So annoying I, ha- I detest that It is one of my least favourite Like Personality traits in people I know that some people do it Like Almost as part of their personality And it annoys the hell out of me Pick a lane So This time Run cool.
1: And you can't use anything That happens in social sport As like weapon for an argument, as Rochelle said, and she's dead right. Yeah, she's absolutely right. well. I, do you know what? Though? She's got a slightly more nuanced point the, in that the
3: gender balance thing also plays into it, which I'm also in mm, this case on board with. For her. leave it on the court. I,
2: for what it's worth, I disagree with how Harry persisted asking for the apology. But you apologise. You knock someone over incidentally anywhere in the world, you apologise. You know what's fucked up? It's common, I agree. It's a common courtesy. But Harry was so annoying with his pursuit that he,
3: he he sailed over the fact that he technically has the high ground in this in his initial
2: response to it, I saw some of myself in Harry. who's your favorite and least favorite? My favorite was peter uh Carrie's widow widow date nice the math teacher yeah, really nice guy, good, <laughs> good guy good vibes, like I don't know what he said about the date afterwards, but I bet he wasn't having a fucking anxiety attack I'm sorry, I don't. You go ahead. It sounds like you're not
3: going to get into this. We haven't even mentioned this. He rescues Carrie from the most embarrassing yeah. um, possible outcome when you put yourself forward in an auction as an item, which is, well, first no one bids on you. Then they lower the price. Then your friend freaks out and starts bidding <laughs> against herself to show the room that you're worth something. And then he, real Prince Charming move, steps in and chucks down Yeah, Carrie, $1, a, a, Carrie bids
2: $1,000 on herself, which is the price of her dignity in this moment. <laughs> And then he says a thousand fifty dollars, and it's uh, a lot of money. They have a little, they have a cute sort of interaction afterwards, where it's established they are going to go on the date. And he there sends a, her. A, there are teachers' strikes happening in America right now. There's no <laughs> way you can afford it. <laughs> he that. sends her a great text for he's like looking forward to the second date with the spew emoji, and it's like this guy seems. This he's like funny. you know, he's putting right. himself out there. He's in a similar situation. I've got time for him.
1: He's I appreciate it as well that no one really knew who Carrie was. At the auction. They're like, Oh, I think she wrote a column like in the nineties. Yeah. You know, like she is a little washed up, which
3: I appreciate. I kept Absolutely. waiting for the applause when she like got mentioned or then stood up on stage. It never came Yeah, <laughs> you do know, I you know a the shit The thing is
2: that. Yeah. I totally agree she's washed and I feel like this book if it is as raw as her publisher says whose instincts I do not trust. I've met so <laughs> no, many of these sorry, people sorry. Who are like it's incredible. We love it and I'm like, "Oh, you did not You have don't a like great the idea. cover?" You're yeah. just like, "Oh my god." To show you the worst like graphic design <laughs> in the book. She's like, "I love number 5." <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, but if it is as raw as that woman says it is Then I I think this book could be a really like you know I think Carrie's capable of writing one last great thing and if she's as honest and open about her grief even though she's instinctual like you know it was a part of her problem in the podcast was she couldn't open up she was squeamish when she was asked if she masturbates then she was on painkillers and she was a phenomenal guest for one episode only anyway that's all by the by Uh, my least favorite is the. it's the guy who runs the squash and the tomato stall at the market. It looked like a part of a square. Yep, yep, yeah, okay. um, anyone who confuses Steve like that by relocating their stall week to week, him and the pickle guy. Yeah, Whoever is in charge of allocating where the stalls go at the market. I love that it hasn't
3: even occurred to you that Steve's just gotten a bit No, they're, they're up. fucking
1: around with him.
2: It's the, like the fifth the fourth character the fifth character yeah. is fucking around. <laughs> this, is one of star- this is what the favourite uh, This is what the the Starcy agents did. This is like you, you subtly change piece of information. <laughs> Break into someone's it's, house, yeah. move the books, it's, take exa- nothing. Exactly. Let them know you've been there. It's stuff that if you say it out loud to anyone else, you sound crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're gonna
1: get such an amazing episode from Steve <laughs> next week.
3: If they fucking let him, they will. They I mean, have to. They didn't even have him in the last
2: episode, so I they was like they, happy to see him. They literally that. have no respect left for Steve. <laughs> they don't. Do you know? And do you know? Do you know <laughs> who another piece of collateral damage in this like home life overhaul is going to be? Brady. Yeah. I feel like he's just got himself back on the rails. Yeah. He's gonna like. I don't know what it's going to be. It's going to ruin his. Sex Previously, life. he's done it with rats. Yeah, I don't. I don't he's know. Gonna who... say he's going to see.
1: He's going to walk in on Miranda. And Shay fucking And that's why You're right that Miranda's going to have to Confess to Steve
3: That's where this is leading You're absolutely or, And then right. that's going to
1: Ruin his sex life Because Brady's Fucking like a king And now all he's Going to think J- about Is fucking his mum
3: I think he's so evolved Like that's how They've set him up now That, that he'll, <laughs> he'll be He'll be untouched
2: <laughs> He's <this> a <running>, lord <laughs> They're running out of road They've got a few things To address And there's only What? Three episodes left? Mm-hmm. Oh, predictions?
1: I was just thinking then I gasped when you were talking because it suddenly occurred to me: Are we going to get an Oprah cameo? But no, no, no. She wouldn't
3: lower herself. To,
1: she,
2: Oprah wouldn't lower herself to running for president. I don't think I she's going to lower herself. To I feel on like this. they're squaring themselves up for a second season. Carrie uh, dates Peter, realizes that it's you know she's ready to move on, but not with him. Agreed. Uh, so I think she ends the episode on a positive note. Her book's been published. She's ready to put herself back out in the world. Charlotte accepts uh, rock. Mm-hmm. She, she learns to accept, uh, you know, change. They go shopping. They yeah. buy pants. They buy cargo, they buy cargo <laughs> yes. pants and, and one of those skating belts. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Uh, Miranda leaves Steve. Yes, uh, but Shay does like leaves Steve for Shay. But Shay says, "You've misunderstood this. That's not what I asked of you. That's not what I want." I think they
1: will ultimately villainize Shay for us.
2: Yeah, well that well even in
3: that they've bro- kind of broken up a marriage, you know, needlessly in some ways, you know, like there's there's not a relationship coming out of that fire. Uh, and then
2: I guess Nia gets pregnant. Um the law professor. No. I, oh, sorry. This is your thing. Nia. Oh, yeah. Oh, I just I think she'll foster.
1: Oh, no. yeah. oh. well i
2: mean anyway these are my specula. i don't know yeah, yeah, yeah. but there's 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 not a lot of time left and i feel like they've got enough um stories on the go that they're like you're yeah, too you're yeah. too bound to um real world thinking where gravity
3: exists time flows linearly like this show really messes around with the concept of time anything is possible i'm so excited about even just the amount of passage of time that could happen in the next three episodes. We could be looking at four year arcs in the last three episodes. Who
1: knows? Anything could happen, which is incredible. Yeah.
3: Anything could happen. The it's writing, exciting. they're taking such big We swoops. saw it.
1: Cynthia Nixon's
3: bare breasts in this show, which we've seen in, I think the sex and the city show, but like, first of all, and this, this sounds a little like trite, but I genuinely, that is an amazingly brave thing to do in Hollywood when you're past 50. Mm. Um, secondly, her skin is amazing. Mm. <laughs> Sorry to be creepy, I mean, but like. What's her secret? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but anything is possible in You'd this show. You'd have great
1: skin too if you were fucking like a goddess.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I really wish somebody was around. Samantha the fact that we know Samantha's not coming back really fills me with sadness because like imagine just do we her, know she's not coming back oh god it would be the greatest bait and switch of all time the if they would engineered this social
2: yeah, media beef this PR like, disaster the, fi- <sighs> the final frame after Steve, we see Steve come and, di- come and go is uh, it's a tech, it's a screenshot text to Carrie on her phone and it's a London to New York flight Oh my god, yes Or we just yes. see Samantha. Her
1: heels step off the plane yeah. What would be honestly incredible Is if there was a new season That was just Samantha in London Please I think she would do it I would love it Because
3: what I understand to be her reasons for oh, doing this fucking
1: a whole bunch of Englishmen
3: She didn't want to be an accessory for Carrie's shit journey again For the umpteenth time Give me that spin-off
1: Oh so good, right?
3: It'd be it be fantastic. Um. Okay. Yes. that's us
2: So a perfect, a per another perfect episode to another perfect season. Yeah, I that's, think so. that's right. Both of the show and the podcast. And the podcast, Chris. It's been a delight to have you on the show. Is there anything that you're doing in the real world that exists oh. outside of Sex in the City and outside of the worst city of all time that people might be interested in? I'm doing.
1: Um. Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm doing. I'm doing the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, if you're in Melbourne. I'm going to go to Sydney and do the Sydney Comedy Festival, if you're in Sydney. And I'm touring the country at the moment. What country? Um, this country, Aotearoa, New Zealand, with a comedy show as well. I'm going a whole, around a whole bunch of places. It's very like um, one of my favourite stand-up comedians, Shea. Uh, I don't know if you've seen their work. It's sort of very cutting-edge social commentary, more sort of empowerment festival. Yeah. And you will all be standing for the duration of the concert. <laughs>
2: Fantastic. (laughs) And if people wanted to seek that out,
1: how would they do it? You can actually go to my personal website, chrisparkercomedy.com, or just go to my Instagram, chrisparker11. (laughs)
2: Ten Chris Parkers to kill before you can finally sleep easily.
1: The links are in the show notes
3: to this episode. And if this episode wasn't uh, testament enough to... chris's comedy talents he's literally won the greatest comedy award that we give out in new zealand so if you're in Ast- if you're in new zealand you already know who he is but if you're in australia and for it's some shay reason you don't out know of box
1: award you got to go that makes you think <laughs>
2: <laughs> he is a challenging comedian i'm actually also brave. yeah and brave i'm also going to be in melbourne chris and i are going to live together so uh we haven't found out where yet but uh when we find the Address will will be dropping there. Guy
3: Montgomery, take him or leave him. You know, like if you've got a free <laughs> night, if something opens up. Have you um, watched
1: any of Sex in the City, the TV show?
3: Uh, or have you refused? Only
2: only one? odds and ends as a boy, not a whole episode, not a whole season. As a man, well, I'm going to turn you into a man. Are we going to watch it? God, yeah, I'm watching it at the moment. I like just to have it on,
1: especially when I'm hungover. All right,
3: well, please bring some microphones so we can get that online.
1: Uh, thanks very much, Chris. Been a pleasure having you on. The pleasure is all mine. (laughs) And honey, I'll be pleasuring myself all night long.
0: (laughs) Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.